You must have heard all kinds of things about confession already. I confess straight to God. I don't need a priest. People say the priest is just a human being. God is love and mercy already. Why do you have to go to confession? I don't need confession. I don't steal. I don't cheat. I'm okay. Other people say the priest is going to get mad at me. Don't miss the next episode of Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. We are tackling six issues against confession. Welcome to this new episode of Salve Maria podcast, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. And today we are with Father Arthur, the superior of the Heralds of the Gospel here in Canada. We're with Father Justin too. And today we're going to tackle six issues most of people have regarding confession. And we have here Father, who is on the side of the, the confessional that gives the absolution. We're here on the side of the sinners as well. And so we have so many uh, obstacles, right, Father, to that, you know, sometimes the devil puts or, you know, whoever that discourages from going to confession. Actually, the priest is on both sides, huh? <laughs> <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> That's wonderful. I think people forget that point, right? That priests go to confession too. They don't just get a mirror and confess themselves. Exactly. Yes, and we're going to talk about that too today. But um, we wanted to make sure that the, the issues we were going to talk about were real issues, no? They were not too theoretical. And so we started calling people. Uh, we started, you know, placing some uh, announcements in the social media. Uh, we started to, I don't know, call friends, family, everyone. Say, okay, what's the problem with confession for you? And we received all kinds of uh, input, right? But I, I have to confess, I also have a, a cousin that owns a coffee shop. Yeah. So I asked him too, and he actually was very interesting. He sent me eh, uh, some, something that he actually, he, he saw in his coffee shop. He witnessed. He witnessed. Let's take a look. Jay, nice seeing you. Nice getting together. Same here. How's your holiday? It's been good. It's been uh, busy, you know, going over the Christmas holidays and New Year's. It's been uh, kind of hectic. Yeah, same here. It's crazy with the kids around, you know, and uh, a lot of stuff to do and going to church. Oh, church. My mom, she wants me to go to church and then go to confession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hi, how are you? Yes, please. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have a cappuccino. No sugar. Espresso, please. Sugar? No sugar, please. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, my mom always asking, go to church, go to confession. It's every week, the same thing. Same at home, man. Gee, you know, why should I go to confess? You know, the priest is a human being. He cannot forgive. He's not a God. And I'm 100% sure that, you know, he's more sinner than me. Hmm. So, Father, here we go. Brother Justin, issue number one. The priest is not God. He's only a human being. How come that he can, you know, for, for, forgive my sins if he's probably a worse sinner than I? That is very true, and it is very wrong. Actually, the, the priest is both things, because he, he has a, a, the, he's a minister. He represents God for, uh, for, for the people. And also, he represents mankind. So you have to understand that when somebody sins, he does three things. He offends God, he offends his conscience, and he offends the order of the universe. 
he offends uh, the society, he offends mankind, because he's destroying with his sin, even if, if it's a sin that is uh, done only um, in, in private, he is destroying the order of the universe. He's harming the, the whole uh, the whole family of all the consequences of sin, no? Yeah. The tremendous consequences of sin. Well, just to the first one that is against God, it's so, so, so big that it's an infinite consequence that only God himself can fix it. That's why Jesus Christ died for us in the cross. So, uh, a person has to go to confession because our Lord Jesus Christ instituted this in this way. And he gave the power to forgive sins to his ministers, to his uh, apostles, to the, to the bishops and the bishops to the priests. So we have to, to ask forgiveness where forgiveness is, where our Lord Jesus Christ put it. Just to speak alone to God is not enough. It's good, of course, you can, you can do that. You can ask forgiveness to God, that's fine, but you're not forgiven. You have to be forgiven where the forgiveness is, and it is in the sacrament of confession. And that's why you have the, the, you know, the, the foundation of the sacraments, right? Because sacraments are not just something that, I don't know, but Justin, we were talking about that last program that <laughs> never happened. But <laughs> There's an interesting uh, treatment, without getting too far off subject, um, how the Eastern Church and the Western Church approach the sacraments. Of course, they are the, the very same elements, but in the East, they use, instead of the word sacrament, they use the word mystery, mysteron. And that invokes the element of something that is unattainable to understand that of the human mind. We don't understand how much, like, for example, baptism, how it recreates the person into a child of God and so on and so forth. Um, but the West went with a different angle in which invokes the element of becoming a child of God, changing your character, which was that if a barbarian um, were to become a Roman uh, legionary, he mm -hmm. was a nothing. He was below that of a slave. He was a foreigner. He wasn't Roman. But once he was recruited into the legion, he would make an oath. And with the oath, they would put the tattoo on them of the mm -hmm. legion. Once the oath was made, they were no longer barbarians. They were Rome. Exactly. They changed character, and there was no changing it back. And the Western Christians very much grabbed onto that idea mm -hmm. that the sacraments impose character exactly. and change everything. So, so I, I think that all the sacraments have this element of changing the character. And confession, of course, is one of the big ones. Of course. So there is one side which is visible of the sacrament and another side which is invisible. That's why it's, it's also a mystery. Because uh, the sacrament gives the person the life of God. You don't see it, but it is real. Sanctified grace, absolutely. Exactly. And at the same time, there's a, a visible part in which, for example, in the sacrament of confession, the priest says the words of the absolution, I forgive you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, so there is a visible part of it, and it's an invisible part, part of it. Now, it is very important to understand that, and to remember that the sacrament of confession was instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ on the same day of his resurrection. <laughs> he didn't want to spend one more day without giving us this opportunity for us to be forgiven. And on the night of the first day, of the first of the day of the resurrection, he appeared, as St. John tells us in chapter 20 of his uh, gospel, 
he appeared to his, uh, his uh, disciples that were in the cenacle in the same place where he had instituted the Eucharist. So the Eucharist and the sacrament of confession were instituted in the same place. One opens, opens the Paschal Tridium and the other one closes. Uh, Eucharist and confession. Beautiful. I find also it's impressive that comes he who is resurrected mm -hmm. comes to console his followers by forgiveness. Exactly. Like he doesn't ask them to confess. They know their sin, and he forgives them. But it's a long way back to where they once were. It will take 50 days until Pentecost. That's right? why he says, peace be with you. And twice, he says it twice, because they were so much afraid that he was going to be you know, upset with them because they had abandoned the Lord Jesus Christ on, on, the, on, the, on, on the Friday, so that, that they are scared of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he comes and says, peace be with you, and I forgive you. It's the first confession in history, I think. First forgiveness to but his it's, own church. It's, you know? it's impressive because that they had reason to be fearful. Exactly. They had done, done wrong. But this is the way, I would say, this is the perfect confessor. Brings peace. Exactly. So, and, and that was what the sacrament of confession brings to, to, uh, to the penitent. The penitent, when his conscience is not right, there's nothing that can put him at peace. The only thing that can put him at peace is to know that God has forgiven him, really. And then, you know, he is, is at peace. And this is why one of the names of the sacrament, which doesn't have an official name, but is the sacrament of joy. Because it's there when you recover the joy of being in friendship with God. But also, I don't know if it happens, no? When you go, okay, you have to pay something. Right, and let's imagine that you went to, to 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 the bank and you go to a teller, right, and you go and you pay something you owe. You know, could be a bill, this and that. Nobody's going to think, oh, but you know, the teller he owes much more money than I. Uh, yeah, but that's beyond the point. No, <laughs> if we're going to say, oh, the priest is more, is, is, you know, it's a bigger sinner than I. Why he's going to forgive me? Yeah, but it's like paying a debt. You know, you don't care about the personal debts of the of the teller. <laughs> you really go. You finally, you know. Put a, put you no know, set up your death your 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 debt sorry and then there you go that's it you no know, independently of anything else what really matters is what we owe no even if a priest is excommunicated mm -hmm. he, oh. he's suspended or whatever in case of death if he gives the absolution it is given but he's obliged to yes it is it's not a question of choice no, absolutely oh, if he comes by a situation in in extreme situations he's obliged to do something he can't just uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not that anymore. Because he's acting on behalf of God and not of himself. So we can say he's a human being, but he represents and administers the power of God. Precisely. Precisely. So the fact of being a human being is, is the less aspect of, of his personality. The huge aspect of his personality is that he's a minister of God with all the power of God to forgive sins. You know, the early church, they had the same issue. Early, the early Hebrew church. And in the letter to the Hebrews, this is a problem that they have. And the writer of the Hebrews, he, he says, Jesus became man for this very purpose, to understand our, our weakness and our faults and our, and our lacunas, they under, to understand it. Now, a human priest even understands it better mm -hmm. through his own frailty. Beautiful. Yes. As Jesus is God and man, the priest is also, in, in that moment, he's God and man at the same time. 
been made divine in a small deep format. Beautiful. So, because sin offends God, offends our conscience, and offends the others, we have to ask forgiveness to God. We have to ask forgiveness to our conscience. We have to be healed in ourselves and forgive ourselves. And we have to ask forgiveness to mankind. And the priest is also a representative of mankind. That's why we need to go to a human being and to, to be humble. There's no forgiveness without, without being humble. And this is the best way of being humble to confess your sin. Best way, I think, to, to grasp all of this now is to go to the catechism of the Catholic Church, you know, yes. because everything is explained there and we don't need to be guessing, you know, because everything is there. And it's a, a good catechetical formation saves us, you know, from all these issues that take away so much peace from us, right? Most of people who have objections is because they never read the catechism. Mm, it, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Some don't but they forgot. Know, some don't even know it exists. <laughs> Um, no, people tend to think, oh, catechism is meant for little children. Uh, no, because, you know, the little children have this catechism, but it is small. Uh, adults have this big catechism, right? That is much more eloquent. Exactly. I, I heard this uh, testimony by an uh, evangelical uh, Protestant who, uh, whose neighbor was Catholic. And they had a great debate in which, unfortunately, the Catholic couldn't, couldn't answer anything. But the, the Catholic at least had the one smart element, which was to go to her, um, her, 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 her bookcase and pull out a very dusty copy of the catechism and gave it to her. And at this point, the evangelical thought that she had won. This one obviously doesn't know it. This book probably has nothing. She sat down. She began reading it. She ended up reading it deep into the night. The next day, she's continued reading it. And she was fascinated by the catechism because of its presentation of the faith and how deep and how biblical it was. Um, needless to say, a little while later, she was um, and on the road to conversion herself. No wonder, wonderful. Yeah, of, course, <laughs> of course, of course. Very good. Well, our friends there in the coffee shop have still more issues to, to deal with, and I think we can help them. Totally agree with you, Jay. But you know, on top of that, in the end, I think I'm a good person, right? Going to confession. I, who needs to go to confession? I work, I pay my bills. I, I help my neighbor. I, you know, shovel the driveway with the last snowstorm, even using my own gas. I don't ask for anything, right? Like, who like, wants to go to a penalty box sitting there talking to the priest? Like, what does he know? Yeah. Plus the priest, you know. In the end, I think I'm a good person, and I don't need confession. So here we go. How many people say that? I am already a good person. I don't do any major crimes. Like, you know, yeah, I'm not you know, a mass murderer. I don't steal. I don't cheat. So therefore, I'm already a good person. Why do I need to go to confession? Well, the first thing that the person should do, if he, if he uh, is a, a Christian or a Catholic, huh? <laughs> he, should, <yeah. laughs> he, should, he should read the, uh, the first letter of St. John, which is in the Bible. Hmm? So Let's it's go very clear. St. John says to everyone, very, very clear, says, if we say that we have no sin, as our friends there in the coffee shop, if we say that we have no sin, we, uh, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have not sin, we make our Lord Jesus Christ a liar, because he died for what? And his word is not in us. So... <laughs> Very powerful. That's no, an, this is almost an excommunication. You know? Oh, no, no. It is an excommunication because the two terms he uses there yes. are synonymous in St. John's writing with Lucifer. 
Yeah, exactly. Right? The liar is liar. A, is a, is a synonym, uh, and the truth, the truth, no truth. That's Christ. Lack of truth is is again the evil one. So, yeah, it's pretty damning situation. Of course. So so first of all, we should we should also go to to the Ten Commandments. Mm. We should be honest and read the Ten Commandments and think about our, our lives. Does our life correspond a hundred percent to the Ten Commandments? If it's no, it means that we're sinners. And we are, we are all sinners, and uh, we uh, in different degrees. But everyone is uh, is a sinner, and we have to uh, see reality as it is. So why people sometimes don't want to see that they are sinners because they don't want to ask forgiveness because they are proud, they don't want to have this humility uh, to to go and confess and recognize and acknowledge that um, that we need a savior, that we need our Lord Jesus Christ. In Scripture, it says, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And that's what we're called for. So if you say you are not a sinner, that means you have the fullness of the glory of God. The Scripture says no one's reached that point. You're in a very interesting situation. Of course. The Blessed Virgin Mary is the only person who was conceived without original sin. So she was never a sinner. We uh, are conceived with original sin, so even if we don't have any sin, still we have original sin, and we are sinners. We are capable of, of sinning. Our, Our Lady was saved first by the action of the, the self offering of the, the cosmic moment of Jesus saving all of humanity, but and no one else is like Our Lady. Okay. That also sounds like you know people who do not want to go to a doctor. No, so they start inventing all kinds of things, right? No, no, I'm not sick. No, no, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm perfect. No, I, I don't need anything. I'm everyone healthy. has that cough. It's, it's everyone has. Because one, one has fear of the doctor. I'm sorry if there are some doctors there, but you know it's the truth. And so as a result, what happens? What people tend to find all kinds of justifications to avoid. I, I was at a church once. We were giving a, a catechesis and uh, talking about confession, and this man stood up very angry. He did not like the approach that we were being, or you were using. Oui. And he stood up and he said just this. He said, I don't need this. I don't murder. I don't cheat. And then I said, well, do you do anything else wrong? And he just repeated cheating and murdering. And I was like, okay, there are 10 commandments. Exactly. So far you've given me two that you haven't done. Okay, good. That's a good point. We've got something to work off of. But there's eight more that we can look at. And I said, and I said the most important one, do you put God first in your life? And he got a little bit more angry. But then he sat down. Because that's the hardest point. So our Lord uh, Jesus Christ said that we have to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. So it's not a matter of not just having sin. Much more than that. We have to reach perfection. If not, and if we don't uh, tend towards perfection, we're already sinning. Because this is uh, the, the, the first commandment, which is uh, love of God about everything. So, so uh, we have to acknowledge that we are sinners. If not, we cannot uh, go forward. And the Holy Scripture says, no, uh, the, the just person sins Sin. seven, seven times, times a day. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and those are the just. Imagine no, all of us. Oh, my goodness. How much, how much more we have to accuse ourselves. But even the demand in the Our Father, to be forgiven, we have to forgive others. Right? The problem is that many exactly. of us don't forgive others. We're resentful. We hold on to things. And it is when we see 
uh, towards perfection, when we look perfection, that we re realize that we are sinners. Take St. Peter, for example, when our Lord Jesus Christ did that wonderful miracle of the, uh, of the, of the fishing. St. Peter had a kind of illumination <laughs> on, of uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. He knows everything. He's wonderful. Then he realized, I am a sinner. In because he asked the Lord Jesus Christ to stay uh, away, which is which is what's not, not the right attitude actually, <laughs> but but uh, it's understandable. It's understandable because he realized that I am a sinner, <coughs> I am not worthy to be with this uh, wonderful man who is so good and he knows everything. So he knows that I am a sinner, and he felt a sinner. It's beautiful. And then then here th that was a, a, an extremely wonderful moment of his conversion. No? There's a line, uh, a beautiful line from uh, the liturgy of Saint John Chrysostom in which the uh, faithful, um, in front of the Eucharistic um, species, before they approach the Eucharist, have a beautiful prayer. And of it, it says, Forgive me, because of sinners, I am first. Okay. So the only point of pride is that saying, I'm the first in the line of all the sinners. Exactly. And all the saints acknowledge that they are sinners. So if you don't acknowledge that you're you know, a sinner, <laughs> maybe you're not a saint. Huh? <laughs> I think you got to look at that text there and see, yeah, yeah that's exactly. a problem. <laughs> go to St. John. Yeah. <laughs> go to St. John. Oh, my goodness. And, yes. and, and then you go back to the good person issue, right? I'm a good person. I'm, an ex uh, I'm a good person. I'm not excellent. I'm not yeah. a saint, but I'm a good person. What, what does good mean? Can you define the terms? Yeah, exactly. We need defining terms. Uh, Christ defines the term in the gospel, of which he says only God is good. So we got a problem because you said you're not a saint. You said you're good, but your term of good is not working. Not, not, not work. And God doesn't want you to be just good. He wants you to be perfect. So don't don't don't. Uh, we have a problem. Don't lower the uh, the bar. Uh, the bar has the been bar. lowered. Exactly. Wonderful. Okay, so I think issue number two. No, for all those who are watching and listening, I think it's quite clear. <laughs> Uh, but there are some more issues at the coffee shop. So I think, <laughs> okay. yeah, I think we're ready for one more. Thank you. Hey, Mark, are you from Syria? Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Do they bother you at home going to church? Me? No. 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 I mean, I don't have time to go to church, you know. I have to make money. The thing is, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to confession, you know. The, the thing is, if I need, if I do something wrong, I confess straight to God. Ah, here you go. So, same. same. Yeah, same yeah. thing. You guys, yeah. I thought I was the only one. No? Yeah. Thanks for the right, coffee. Right, enjoy, guys. Thank enjoy. you. Enjoy, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So issue number three. Here we go, Father. Um, I confess straight to God. I don't need confession. I don't need a priest. It's just, you know, I just go, close my eyes, talk to God directly, and that's it. I, you know. No, funny enough, people who say this normally, you know, they don't really say this, not even to God. <laughs> they don't really pray. No, so. they don't pray. They don't ever pray. So when they are pressed and they're pushed, you know, against the wall, then, oh, yes, you know, I confess to God. But uh, tell me, when did you, the last time you confessed to God? Can you tell me? That's <laughs> I'm, interesting. I'm sure that very few people will say, well, honestly, uh, I... I <laughs> no, there's also another argument. I, okay? I mean, people go and sign contracts. Why do, you, why do you need witnesses? Why do you need you know, to sign a contract you know, in front of a notary and a public notary and everything? Because you need someone who's going to say, I was there, so that you make sure that all these terms 
actually happen. No? And if you have to pay a debt, the same thing. You need witnesses, you need a receipt. No, But if we just go straight for, I said, no, no, don't worry. Uh, I paid in my mind. I talked to you and we agreed with all, exactly. all the contract elements. And then, <laughs> work but I said $10 million and, yeah. and you, know, you remember? No, there's nothing signed, right? Yeah. So we need, we need a, a witness. But also we need a vocal element. We are body and soul. We're not just spirits. Um, the physical element of kneeling and accusing makes it real. Uh, imagine if you have a parent, a child. The parent never tells the child how they feel. Mm. Or the child never says to their parent what they feel. No. Can we say that that's a healthy relationship? There's no relationship, period. <laughs> there's no way you can agree with that. That it's, There's something really wrong with that relationship. Um, because that the verbal element is essential. The wishing of good to the other is essential. In the same way of accusing oneself of those sins is essential to the process of repairing conscience of the person, but also their element of accusing oneself to God with someone there who can, in a sense, make it real, make it factual. Of course. Who can tell you that God has forgiven you. Mm -hmm. And it's nice because God never does it directly. He, he never he never goes and tells somebody you are forgiven. Once he instituted the sacrament of confession, he established that it is through his minister that he's going to give uh, forgiveness. And um, it is very important to understand that it is in the creed that we are going to be judged. We are going to go actually through two judgments. One is our private judgment that happens at the end at the, at the end of our life at the moment of our death. And the other one is the second and great judgment, universal judgment, in which the whole humanity will be judged, as Prophet Joel says in the Valley of Josaphat. And it's going to be one of the most impressive moments in, in history of mankind. <laughs> <you know? laughs> because everybody there and everybody being judged by, by, by Lord Jesus Christ himself, you know, it's going to be something extraordinary. Everyone will know everything about everyone. Yes. That's impressive. So, obviously one would like to know how is going to be our private judgment. What is going to happen? Uh, what is going to be the final result of my private judgment? If an angel appears and says to you, look, I, I already have the, uh, the answer for Lord Jesus Christ, of course you want to know it. <laughs> Everybody wants to know this, this, yeah. um, uh, this answer. The, which is the only way that we have in order to know how our private judgment is going to go? The, the way that we have is the sacrament of confession. Sacrament of confession, it is a judgment. The priest, he is four things. The priest is a father, or first of all, if you want, in the first place, we can say that the, the priest is a judge. So he is going to, uh, to judge you, judge your life, and decide if you are forgiven or not. A, a teacher, he is going to teach you Therefore, how to live without sin. He's a physician. He's going to heal your soul because you have hurt your soul when, when you sin. And finally, he's a father. Those are the four things that the priest is in every confession. He is a father. So in the sacrament of confession, we have a judge, but the judge is at the same time our father. So in a certain sense, he's a biased judge because he's, he's in our favor. 
So this is a moment that we have before our, our final uh, judgment that we have in, to be judged by a judge who is in our side and he's going to help us to go through. So the judgment is rigged, <laughs> in mm-hmm. that sense. No? In that sense, yeah. It's, it's, God is on your favor. Exactly. So um, the only way in order to prepare yourself for your private judgment is to go to confession regularly. And the church recommends to go to church, uh, to go to, to uh, the sacrament of confession, let's say once a month, uh, at least once a year. Yeah, minimum. At least uh, once a year, but this is the minimum. And actually, if you are honest, you, you you realize that you know one year is too much. You know, there's too many things that can happen. You have to to go to confession regularly. In the beginning of the church, you know, the, this, the sacrament didn't work this way. They they understood the sacrament as something that will will be given only at the end of the life of the uh, of of the of the penitent, and then he will do penance till he dies. It was much more difficult to go to confession. Then the church, with, with the time, etc., understood the sacrament in a much better way, and uh, especially with the, the Irish monks, you know, uh, that um, they came with the with the idea that the sacrament should be much more open, and uh, should be private, because in the beginning it was public. It was it was at the at the door of the church. The penitent was there, and he will say his uh, <laughs> his sins, and the priest will give him a penance, and that was it. It was once in his life, and and that's all. Now. Um, the sacrament is something that that's uh, much more easy to uh, to use, and uh, whenever you have something that bothers your conscience, immediately you can go to to uh, to the confessional, and you can uh, talk to to the priest. Actually, you are talking to our Lord Jesus Christ, and um, and He will heal you. So uh, this is the best way. If we know that we uh, go to confession and we are forgiven, we already know more or less, but we know somehow that on the day of my last judgment, I'm going to be forgiven also. That's wonderful, not for sure. I would like just to remind those who are listening and those who are just seeing this program to write down in the comments, what's your opinion about this, right? Because this is very interesting. It can start a conversation and also can help us to, to have other topics about, uh, you know, uh, the different things of the Catholic doctrine, but specifically because this is not the only time we're going to touch on confession. No. Right? So then, uh, we are ready to move to the next issue, and the people there at the coffee shop, again, you know, they have another intervention, and I think this one is really very, very interesting. And it was a good cappuccino. Cappuccino. In the end, when if I have to talk to the priest or confess my sins, and he hears what I have to say, he's going to get mad, for sure. And every time he sees me, he's going to remember my sins, and for sure he'll be fuming. You know, my grandpa used to say, religion and politics don't get involved. Wise man, I yeah. tell you. So here we go. The priest will get mad. Every time he looks at me, he will remember every single sin that I have committed. When I go to church, if I have to baptize the kids, he's going to charge me more. I don't know. All those things. But Father, let me ask you point blank. Do you remember everybody's sins? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely. The priest has a special gift in which, by which he forgets everything that he has heard in his life about people. And and uh, he can even pray, you know, there is, there is a prayer that you can say, asking uh, our Lord Jesus Christ to help you to, for, to, to forget everything. Because, um, you know, <laughs> I remember a, a priest, who, a friend of mine, who, who said, look, you know, I don't want to go to confession to you. Because um, he was joking, you know, 
because if not, we're no, not going to be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but I mean, it's um, uh, the actually you know the priest the priest really forgets everything, and uh, if he was a human, as as the as the, uh, the first objection, you know, if the priest was really human, well, maybe then yes, you know, he will be mad at you. But he's not a human at that moment. He's divine. He's doing a divine job. He's doing something that only our Lord Jesus Christ can do. So he's a Lord Jesus Christ. And he acts completely different. When somebody comes and asks for forgiveness, you know, the heart of the priest changes completely. He becomes, you know, um, he becomes a father to the person. He wants to help the person. And he, he will never be, be mad. If a priest, by mistake, takes the wrong attitude, well, that's a personal thing. It can happen. And unfortunately, it had happened sometimes that the priests don't take the right attitude with the penitents. But this is not the rule. This is not the law. So the priest, first of all, will uh, will understand the person. The priest will will not, you know, ask in useful, uh, useless questions, you know, uh, regarding the sin. He doesn't want to know. Just wants to know what type of sin it was in order to be able to forgive. How grave and, it is. And to give the right advice, to read the, the right counsel, because it's also part of the confession that the priest will give you an advice. And this advice comes from God. And this is something that, that it will help you enormously. It will, it will heal you and will give you the direction in order to grow and to, uh, to, to, to change your life. Because the sacrament of uh, confession can also be called the sacrament of conversion. When you go to confession, you convert, you change. So, the uh, there is a seal. Uh, there is there is a commitment that the um, uh, a vow that, that that the priest takes, by which he will never ever, under any circumstances, he will reveal something that was tell, told to to him in confession. The seal of confession. This right? is the seal of confession, uh, and is something extraordinary that the Holy Spirit helps the priest to never say it. If by by a, a big sin the priest reveals, or by a mistake, the priest reveals, uh, he is automatically excommunicated. He knows that he, he cannot uh, give any sacrament. He has to ask forgiveness to the Pope directly. Mm. He cannot act on any information he heard in the confession. Absolutely. No. Yeah. He, he cannot, he cannot uh, uh, even with a good intention, he cannot use that information for a good, uh, for a good goal. No. It's completely. Uh, now, once Monsignor Zonclain, in our in one of, one of his sermons, he told the story of someone who goes you no know, late at night at midnight and confesses to a priest, and then he says, "I have placed a bomb, right, right in the basement of this building, and it's going to go off at six o'clock in the morning," and then he leaves, <laughs> and then the priest, of course, no, he could not do absolutely Nothing. anything and so on. So he stayed the whole night praying and just preparing himself for death, right? At six o'clock, no, is a penitent that comes and says, well, actually, I didn't put any bomb, but I wanted to see what you were going to do with the things I told you. So now that I see that you are really, you know, a person who, yeah, I mean, you, know, you really have that seal of confession and the seal of confession is true. So now I really want to go to confession. And then he went to confession. No? <laughs> it was a little bit radical. No? You yeah, don't have is. to put a bomb in there, but hey, this is beautiful, no? Yeah, during the Troubles period in Ireland, 
um, Northern mm-hmm. Ireland and, and, and in Ireland and places like that, the IRA would use do the same thing, but as a way of terrorism against the parishes. Oh, yes. And go and confess <laughs> that they were going to blow up a train station or... And it would put the priest into an incredibly terrible position. And there were stories of priests sitting for hours in train stations. And people would go up to the priest and ask the priest, Father, do you need some help? He's no, no, just leave me alone. Did you see praying his rosary, waiting for something to happen? Sometimes nothing would happen. Sometimes it would blow up with the priest present. Mm-hmm. There was nothing he could do to save himself. It was extraordinary. Very good then. So let's go back to our group of friends there. There's still the issue number five. Yeah, like really, why do I need to go to confession? You know, God is compassionate. God is merciful. You know, he's, uh, he forgives everything. God is love. You know, I don't need confession. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. So why do I need to go to a priest, you know, to tell him this and that? You know, God knows everything. He already forgave me and he already died on the cross for me. Yeah, true. Yeah. So here we go, another one very, very creative, you know, in this sense, saying, well, I actually uh, don't need to go to confession. God already died for me, right? He forgave all the sins. So as a result, if if God is love and mercy, I don't need, in reality, to to, to go further than that. I'm already forgiven. Mm, No. (laughs) To, uh, to, to, To presume presumption that whatever you do, you're saved because, uh, you know, God is good, etc. It's a sin against the Holy Spirit because you deny truth. You deny... St. John. Exactly. You deny that, that you're a sinner, precisely. St. John... St. Louis uh, Montfort also tells that, no? The, one of the characteristics of the false devotion, no, is the presumptuous devotees, no? Yeah. Which they think, oh, no, 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 I already prayed the rosary and I'm going to be saved just because, you know, I go... So, our Lord cannot heal you because you are saying to him, I don't need it. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. Doctor, I'm healthy. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting in this, in this problem, God is, God is love and mercy, but there's no notice of justice. There's no justice involved. It's just lots of gooeyness, lots of happiness, but there's, there's no actual effect or responsibility of what you've done. So there are consequences of what empty. we do, right? Yeah, completely. So... Um, our Lord Jesus Christ died for us, for us to accept salvation, not because we didn't need salvation. <laughs> so we, um, and, and redemption, we, we need to acknowledge that we need this redemption that comes from, from him. If not, the redemption will not apply to us. And uh, he, he died to take us to heaven, of course, but to take us to, to heaven as a good person, as a perfect person, as somebody who, who wants to be, to be perfect and not, uh, uh, let us go to heaven just as I am with all my sins. You won't, you won't get through. Mm. One thing that God respects is the gift that he gave us, which is free will. We have to desire salvation. If we don't desire it, we're not going to be dragged to heaven. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so this, this is, a, is a big mistake that... Um, uh, it's a completely misunderstanding of uh, of God. Uh, God is love and God is good. It means that God wants to transform me. 
it doesn't mean that he wants to, uh, he wants me to be uh, the same as I am and to to stay as a sinner because God is so good that he he wants he wants me to to continue as a sinner. That doesn't make any sense. That that is not good. Hmm? I think a lot of times when we look at the gospel stories of our Lord's interaction with people who were public sinners, we forget something, which is that he wouldn't stone them, right? But he wasn't congratulating them in their sin. Go and sin no more. Precisely. So there was there was a man, the mandate. There wasn't like, it's okay, you can whatever you're doing, just continue doing it. All of the occasions, it's always a call to conversion. And you see in some of them, particularly the woman at the well, mm-hmm. yeah. she tells all of them, the man's the Messiah. He's told me all my sins, and, and she changed. She changed radically. Completely. So, the idea that God is going to accept me the way I am is a heresy which is not found in the Bible. It's invented. With this woman was a beautiful confession because it was our Lord himself telling her sins that she knew, but she was afraid to, to confess. <laughs> and our Lord Jesus Christ was telling her her sins, and, and she accepted. He's and helping, she, she was transformed. She couldn't believe what he was saying. Exactly. He's like, truly, <laughs> truly, that is that is the point. But... What about the other four husbands you had? Oh, <laughs> but it, okay, it wasn't condemning in the sense of picking up a stone and smacking it on her head, but he wasn't saying, it's all right, continue no. in that lifestyle. And she understood that perfectly. Oh, no, she knew. And, that's, and the proof of it is how she talks to her friends. Exactly. She converts completely. So there you can, you, you can see the mixture of justice and mercy. Yes. Okay, fine, yes, she was forgiven, but she had to change her life. She wasn't okay as she was. No. She wasn't a good person, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> also, there is the aspect of petition. No, every single major cure our Lord also performed. No, the person who was sick or whatever were asking, uh, "Lord, clean us. Lord, mm. cure me. Lord, help." It's it's uh, it's 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 no. It's something that the person is asking, and our Lord in turn goes and performs a phenomenal miracle. Absolutely, oh, it's, it's beautiful. Really beautiful. beautiful. And actually, the miracle that that happens uh, in the uh, during the sacrament of confession is is a spiritual miracle. Mm. It's much more greater miracle than to be cured in your your body, because our Lord Jesus Christ cured lots of people, but they all died. <laughs> so because that was that was that wasn't the, the great miracle that he was doing. He wanted to to cure the soul forever, and this is the great miracle that only happens in the sacrament of confession. Our Lord does that as a challenge to the Pharisees, right? When they, when he, when he cured the person exactly. on the Sabbath, he goes, "The paralytic." Oh, you think that's special? Well, watch this. You know, what's a greater miracle? Exactly. Very good. So let's go to the last issue. Our friends are going to tell us something about despondency and lack of trust. So I think that's <laughs> also very, very important. Last issue. Jay, between you and me, I don't even change. I, why do I need to go to confession? I confess the same sins, the times that I actually went. I get bored after a while doing it. The priest gets bored. In the end, I don't change. So why do I need to go to confession? So here we go. Uh, last, no, last issue of all. Yes, I mean, why to go to confession if I always confess the same sins? Well, first of all, I think we need to understand that... Um, uh, actually, the sacrament of confession is an occasion, is an opportunity for conversion, for tr- transformation. But because of 
original sin because of habits that we have inherited or that we have we uh, vices that we have inherited and or or sins that we have committed and have become uh, part of our way of being then of course it is difficult to get out of it but the first thing that we have to do is to confess that's the beginning of our healing the sacrament of confession another another name of the sacrament is healing it doesn't mean that you're going to be healed overnight because you have sinned more than overnight you had offended an infinite god what you have done is very big so your healing also has to take some time you're not going to happen uh, right away so you have to be humble and uh, um, and confess and never be discouraged because for god nothing is impossible and he is going to uh, to forgive you he's going to give you all the graces necessary for you not to continue uh, with um, with the sin but the thing is that sin is an effect of a cause every sin that we commit is an effect there is a cause what is the cause in me in my mind in my heart actually my soul and uh, if i don't heal my soul of course that that sin can happen again but the the first step that i have to do is i have to ask forgiveness for the past and start walking you know slowly uh, towards the future till i reach that perfection i reach that um, that union with with god to get out for example of the vice of drinking you know mm. of course the, the person you know drinks uh, it happened in, in ireland you know very much in the in the 19th and 20th century etc and the, the, the there is a famous um, irish saint uh, um, i think his name is al matt Tabat. Uh, Tabat. yes Tabot. Tabot. <laughs> that he, he was uh, he was an alcoholic because of work because working in in a in um in a liquor store uh, since he was very young etc and he got into this vice and but then little by little he he went out of it you know and he became a saint and uh, so but it didn't happen right away it, it took some time but he he was uh, going to confession and praying etc and finally he um uh, he reached his uh, his goal. There's so, actually a very good book on that called "The Sake of Thirst." The Sake of Thirst, yeah, beautiful. But it's also something interesting, no? Because every after every major injury, they always say, "No, now you start the long path to recovery." And uh, sin is a major injury too, and we cannot expect in the same way. You know, we break an arm, we have a surgery or whatever. Uh, well, the long path of recovery is going to take. Oh, quite a while. Exactly. And we shouldn't be despondent. We shouldn't just give up, you know, just because it's taking too long. You know? then... Absolutely. So if we go to confession with a total determination to change our lives, then of course, Lord Jesus Christ, through Mary, through, through the confessor, he can give you a stronger grace that will make you, you know, uh, change uh, in, a, in a faster way. But that not necessarily is going to happen. You have to understand that sometimes, you know, uh, you have to suffer. And it's part of that suffering that you have to fight against uh, that uh, deformation that, uh, that you, uh, you allowed your soul to, uh, to get into. We need to keep going without any... So you need to turn to Mary. Because obviously we cannot, you know, get out of our sins 
without the help of somebody. And there are many people that can help you. But of course, the number one person that can help you is the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is the mother, and when she sees that the son is sick, she she turns her all her her care, her affection to that to that to that person, and she wants to help him. And you have to ask her to help you. But Father, this is also beautiful, no? Because after after one receives the absolution, the priest gives us a blessing, no? And so I'm sure there are many, many blessings that, that you could be giving and at the same time for those who are, who are watching know that we need all so many graces to persevere, all of us. There is a beautiful aspect of the sacrament also that it's uh, the sacrament, uh, this sacrament is the sacrament of truth. Because two truths are going to be said in this sacrament. The first one is the penitent is going to say the truth about himself. He's going to say, you know, what is wrong with him. He's going to be honest. And then the priest is going to say another truth, which is he's going to tell the penitent how much God loves him. Mm. Regardless, you know, all those sins, if you have asked for forgiveness, you know, the, the, the love of God is enormous, is actually infinite. It is impossible to measure. So uh, to the, the first remedy, the, the best remedy that you can, that you can have uh, in order to uh, to change your life is to understand how much God loves you, because the love pushes you ahead and gives you strength, you know, to transform your your life. So when we receive a blessing, we receive actually a manifestation of the love of God, and this is how we can, you know, wrap up this uh, program today by giving a, a blessing to to all of you, all our listeners. Uh, on behalf of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord be with you. And, and with, with your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Wonderful. So we remind everybody to write your opinion, write what you think there in the, in the comments, and no better way to wrap up the program today but actually going back to the coffee shop. Jay, it was nice catching up with you. I got to start going now. Absolutely. It's great seeing you, and uh, we'll see you next video. Absolutely. And please, for everyone, write your comments and share why would I need to go to confession. Please share and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.